we are starting our episode three of Love ADHD. Have loved the feedback so far. This is so fun. Or Tony, we are going to spend the next five episodes talking about five things you didn't know you didn't know about ADHD. So today we're going to be talking about executive functioning challenges beyond distraction. So a lot of times, I mean, ADHD, I think, is totally known for being distracted, right? And there's definitely a reason for that stereotype. But today we're going to talk about something that isn't talked about as much. I'm going to read just a little definition here because you're going to be the expert today. And so to start us off, ADHD is often associated with distraction, but the executive functioning challenges can extend to other areas like organizing tasks, prioritizing, starting and finishing tasks, and time management. This can manifest as challenges in tasks like following multi-step directions, transitioning between activities, or estimating how long a task will take. And I know, I'm sure for you, I can totally relate to this. So I'm excited to dive into it. So Tony, take it away. Let's start talking about executive functioning challenges beyond distraction. Okay. Well, I think it's funny because just even in this definition that you read, organizing tasks, prioritizing, starting and finishing, time management, um, multi-step directions, transition between activities, and my brain explodes with my own experiences. And then as a therapist that works with a lot of successful people, it's funny because these things either become a real challenge and a frustration, or it's almost like when they're embraced, then you can or accepted, then you can work with them. Because I think in particular of starting and finishing tasks, I'm really good at starting tasks. I start a lot of things. I don't finish very many. And I don't know if you have that issue. Is that a problem for you at all? Sometimes it depends. I do really well. If I have deadlines, I do really well with deadlines. Like deadlines make me work so good. Like finishing my book. I wrote my book. I got a contract and I I needed it to be done in three and a half months. And that was the best thing that could have happened to me, right? Yeah. I never would have written it. I never would have written the book if I didn't have a contract and a three and a half month deadline. I don't think I would have written it just on my own and then submitted it. I needed that. It was so good for me, that structure. Uh, What I love is that people are going to listen to these and they're going to identify with certain ones, but not others. And that's why ADHD has these paradoxes where you can have this hyper-focus or this insane distraction. So now this, I can't wait to maybe get a comment where it's like, oh, they both talked about how challenging it was with their writing their books, you know, like a kind of a joke. Right. Because what was funny is writing my book, Julie, I had a deadline and I thought that deadline was adorable. And I was like, oh, I'll for sure meet that deadline. And then the deadline comes and goes and nobody really said anything. So then in my mind, I'm thinking, well, it must not be that big of a deal, even though I signed a contract for it. And so then I finally started getting pressure from my co-author and the publisher saying, hey, how about that? And I thought, I probably better start. And then at that point, then now the pressure was on and you're right when the pressure's on. um, And we'll talk about that on a future episode because that's that dopamine dump of the deadline or uh, of procrastination. And you just can't make that up. You know, you can't just say, I'm going to pretend that my deadline is next week because your brain says it's not next week. So then you find other things to do instead. But I work with a lot of entrepreneurs who then in the right setup, they can start something and then they have their people come in and finish it. And then it's like a, it's a gift. But then if you're the entrepreneur, the solo entrepreneur, you're good at starting something, but then you don't finish it. And then you get to beat yourself up for not finishing. So it's just fascinating how each one of these can manifest differently depending on your situation or your uh, support network. And I'm curious, like we'll get into a couple of uh, other things here in a second, but the thing like time management, 
or prioritizing, organizing tasks? Any, does anything jump out for you, Julie, in any of those as challenges? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I wanted to just touching back on the deadline situation. Yeah. I, or starting and finishing project, that's what it was. I mean, how many Word documents do I have on different books that I feel like I could write? Like so many. So okay. I say so that, I have- but the amount of work that I know <laughs> I'm capable of doing and projects that I have blurbs about. And man, in that moment, I am dedicated. It is going to happen. And it's actually yeah. going to be done in a week. Like nobody else can do it, but I can. I'm positive of it. And then it's just there. And I guess my hope is I, in the end, do a few things, finish yeah. a few things, even though there were 50 ideas, I finish a yeah. few and that's enough. But in the moment, I am so sure that I can, I'm like, I can write 50 books and like, like other people maybe can't, but I can, I know what I'm capable of. Uh, so yeah. that's interesting. So prioritizing, yes. And time management, yes. Uh, organizing yeah. tasks, my pen and paper planner saves my life. And if I do oh. not have it, nothing, nothing. And so yeah. it's almost like an anxious attachment to my planner maybe because yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. lost without it. I don't remember. I don't know what's happening day to day. I live one day at a time and it's written right there. And that is my North Star. But prioritizing, like whatever's, I don't know, I lean in and out of that. Whatever's top of mind right then, I'm trying to be better about leaning in and just being cool with, I really feel yeah. like this needs done right now and not shooting myself. Like you say all the time, yeah. like, no, but I should yeah. do it this way. But being like, this is what I'm motivated in and all of it's important. So we're just going to go with it. And this is what's important, yeah. Julie, because I think this is what can lead to people's what, well, I don't want to, I don't want to tease one of the other things that people don't know. They don't know, but we've already alluded to rejection sensitivity right? and we can be so hard on ourselves. And, and part of that is like when we don't stay focused on something and we find ourselves on something else. Um, this is why I love the, the therapy modality, uh, acceptance and commitment therapy of instead of like, man, what's wrong with me? Well, this is the first time that I am in this very moment and I just, and check it out. I just shifted from this to the other. And so there's nothing wrong with me. I'm not broken. Uh, I shouldn't be doing it a different way, but it's like, oh, look at that. I did it this way. Because then if I want to get back on task of what I was doing, I need to not beat myself up because I'll start to go downhill. Instead, I can notice that I am now working on something else. That's that's nice. And then I can gently bring focus back to whatever it was that I had started. But then if I find myself going to the other thing, then I want to kind of follow that train of thought for myself because I'm the only me. So that is the way I'm doing it. And, and that's part of what I'm pumped about this podcast is normalizing a lot of these behaviors. And I guarantee somebody's listening and going negative. Oh, man, I do those things. And I want it to be, oh, check it out. I do those things. Like, that's interesting. So we should tell the story about what time we're meeting right now and what <laughs> happened this morning, Julie. Should you tell <laughs> Do you want it? to take it away? Should you tell it or should I? <laughs> okay, well, oh. <laughs> I have a thing later today when we normally record, which I'm excited about because... Your schedule is so insanely busy that for me to reach out and be like, is there any way we could change our appointment time is just funny. Not that I'm not busy. I am busy in different ways, but just for, with your work, your structured therapy appointments, you are slammed. And so my texts, our texts are always very like fleeting in between getting back to each other. Right. (laughs) I know. Right. And it works. It works for us. I just text you when I think about it and I know I may not hear from you till 8 PM and it's not a thing. So we have a good working relationship that way. But because of that, 
I was like, is there any way you can record super late or super early? I know you're an early riser. And so we had decided that we were going to record at 5 a.m. your time. And you live in California and I live in Utah. And in my brain, I was like, okay, so that means we're going to record 6 a.m. your time. So I was like, okay, so 5 a.m. my time. Because I have messed this up before with our interviews and other schedules where I'm an hour off. And so I was dedicated, had the alarm, rolled out of bed. Here I am at 5 a.m. my time. You're not here. Yeah, because it's 4 a.m. my time. Because it's 4 a.m. Yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I was getting ready to head in, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, but I love that. And that happened. So nothing's wrong with us. That's kind of cool, right? Yeah. We're nothing's here. Nothing's wrong with us. Yeah. yeah. This is a no. safe place to Okay, so let me... Exactly. So I'll talk executive functioning. So what it is, because you hear that phrase a lot in ADHD literature, the classics of ADHD, the tomes of the time, Um, but it refers to, it's a set of cognitive processes or so things happen in your brain that are necessary for the control of behavior. So that enables the brain to plan and initiate and then put things in sequence and then uh, monitor activities that that are going on and stop like really complex actions so you can think. Uh, And so these are managed if we want to get all nerdy about the brain managed by the frontal lobe of the brain. Um, So executive functioning helps you pay attention and organize and plan and initiate tasks and stay focused and regulate your emotions. And so... That's the part where I almost feel bad when you hear that we have struggles with executive functioning um, because, I don't know, when you hear that concept, Julie, your executive functioning is compromised. What is, does that feel awesome? It doesn't. Or is it okay? I know, right? And so I've got, I have a narrative. So imagine that your brain is like the main office of, of a very busy college. And so executive functioning is like the dean and then his whole team and they're managing all the activities that are happening on campus. So this is between you and me, Julie, this is the nerd, nerdy campus. This is one where oh, everybody's doing what they're supposed to and everything starts on time and the class schedule has been planned out for years. Oh, and the dean, he had these things called budgets that I've heard of uh, and he follows through and he's on time, you know, all that stuff. I mean, does that sound exciting, Julie? Not, nope. Maybe. <laughs> You can answer truthfully, I mean, because I feel like that may sound like a uh, heaven for somebody. The, the, okay, that, here's what sounds – I I super dig having some structure. Okay, That makes yes. me feel when very yeah. secure and safe like my planner because I'm like, I know yeah. that I know it's on the paper and so I don't have to think about it. I don't have to keep yeah. that in my brain. And there's a lot going on in my brain, like my 50 books I'm going to write this week, Right. So right. when you're yes. as important as me and you're going to write 50 books in a week, you need to write it down. You know, you need to write down when other things are happening. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just giggling yeah, yes. because so there's an appeal there for me because it's like safety. of. But even in my brain, I'm like, oh, someone else is worrying about that. Okay. I can do what I'm good at. I can, right? I can produce the content. I can bring the fun. I can do the creativity piece. So yeah. no, it doesn't sound fun if I'm doing that stuff. But if someone else is great and I don't have to be stressed that I'm going to forget about it. Yeah, I like your explanation because I'm obviously being facetious and making fun of because I need to call that person a nerd. And I need to say that college is boring because I could never be that dean. And, and that's, I think, the challenge with that executive functioning. So then basically it's, uh, yeah, it's like your executive functioning is the behind the scenes crew that keeps the show running very smoothly. 
So then if you are struggling with your executive functioning, if we continue with this college analogy, so we're going to have two colleges. And there's, I even want to know your thoughts on this word, uh, neurotypical. Are, are you very familiar with uh, neurotypical versus uh, neurodiverse? So I've heard neurodiverse and always makes me think of the book series Divergent with like super- 100% you are correct. That right? is the correct answer, Julie. So I think, yes. So I think neurodivergent, <laughs> I've heard that and I'm like, cool. Like- I know. I think I'm a mutant. Like I think I used to go to (laughs) Professor Xavier's school, uh, and I'm super cool. So that's been okay for me. Neurotypical sounds really boring, but now I'm shaming people that aren't ADHD, and that doesn't feel right. I know. So maybe I'm just trying to make myself feel special. Yeah, right. But you got to roll with what you have, like whatever it is, you know. And we all have things that are different, and yeah. So lean into that. What's funny about yeah. And what's funny about that is I, on one of my other podcasts, I had this uh, autism expert named Jody Carlton, who I think would be great. We'll get her on here too. And she was telling me that ADHD is being considered. I don't know who the committee is, but to put it included on the autism spectrum. And so then we would be considered divergent oh, because neurotypical in theory means air quote normal. And so currently you know, I don't know if there's an ADHD lobby. Here's where my brain just goes crazy with joke. You know, and they're lobbying like we're normal, and they've got the signs. I don't know if that's what they do when they lobby. And so now the you know we're maybe being welcomed over to the neurodivergent. But at some point, if everybody's got all these things, then does that become neurotypical? And then the neurodivergent person is the air quote normal person, which I think is kind of fascinating. And for me, I'm down. Put me on a scale. Do whatever. You know, I just enjoy learning about about why I show up the way that I do. But if we go back to this this college example, um, so we've got neurotypical college and then we got ADHD college. And so then if you remember that the dean and their team, then they represent your executive functioning. So they're like the seasoned professionals. So then the dean at neurotypical college has the system down. Again, he's coordinating events. He's handling issues. He or she or they, they're making sure that everything on campus runs like a very well-oiled machine. So over at ADHD college, it would almost be like as if I was the dean. We are just as smart and passionate, maybe even more, I might argue. But there's a small twist. Then our communication system has some glitches. And so it's almost like we are communicating with walkie-talkies because those are fun. I don't know. Did you have them growing, growing up as a kid? They're a blast. I love walkie-talkies. They are. Yeah. Did you ever have problems, though, communicating with somebody on a walkie-talkie? Yeah. Yeah. So then look at our communication system maybe has a little bit more static um, and sometimes you can't figure out the range. So sometimes the messages get lost or jumbled, like what time are we meeting or what day are we meeting or, you know, those kind of things. Or I thought we were going to do this. And so that might mean events. And this is what I love. They might get double booked or maybe you forget to send out the reminder for the big campus activity. And so like the double booking and this is where I, I love this because we can overcome things. So I, as a therapist, and it's really funny to think I've been doing this for a very long time now. And so I was one of the early adopters of a scheduling software because, I mean, it used to just be, I can't even imagine these. I guess people would just call and set up an appointment. And I was at least people were emailing or starting to do some texting. And so I would just throw things on a Google calendar. And Julie, I cannot tell you how many times somebody would send me a quick message. And I was like, yeah, I could do it this day or this time. And of course, then what do I think? I'll write it down later. And so then I wouldn't write it down. And I I got to the point where when I would come out of my office and look in the waiting room, it started to be a little bit, I don't want to just throw PTSD out there, but boy, it, it was, I would be terrified that, oh no. I've got two people here for the same appointment. And I used to have to make these, these and it, you know, it wasn't like every five minutes or something, but yeah, once or twice a week. And then I would have to 
see whichever one I kind of knew best. And I'd be like, hey, can you come here for real quick? And I'd pull him in my office and I am so sorry, but I double booked and that's my bad. And most of the time it went okay, but every now and again, man, people would really get frustrated. So then I adopted this practice management software. So then it's like, oh no, you book, you know, here's the link and you book. And there's still times where yeah, I want somebody to feel special. And so then they will text me for an appointment time and then I will get behind, you know, then they'll say, hey, uh, with any openings. And so now I find myself like I have to hand out the link and not handle my software, my booking uh, or else there would be things like the double booking and I would feel bad. And then here comes rejection sensitivity. So I don't know. So that's, but our college, so other than that, we're very passionate. We just might, you know, whoops, we booked a couple of things on the same day, same time. My bad. So I don't know, when I was reading that, does anything come up for you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like what does it? Uh-huh. <laughs> no, it's just fun to see like my life flashing before my eyes in a way that's not dying, just like it's all <laughs> making sense. Yeah, that's happened a lot to me. And I think a hundred times a day, I'm going to write that down later. And what I'm trying to do lately okay. is when I have that thought, have that triggered yeah. to another thought, which is I'm writing it down right now. Yeah. Because yeah. like you said, we can say, well, that's just the way I am, which is, I think in any, no matter what you're susceptible to, if you're hurting or inconveniencing other people and you have some control over that, I think all of us want to not make other people's lives more difficult. And yeah. so because I'm, it's like Maya Angelou's quote, right? Where she says, when you know better, you do better. It's like because oh, I, like I know what – I'm not going to punish myself for not understanding that yeah. before. And I, like we don't need to punish ourselves for – even if we do know that and we still mess up, we don't need to punish ourselves. But certainly we're both people that like to evolve and develop ourselves and be the best version of ourselves. Yeah. And so I'm trying to teach myself to just write it down right then because I want to accomplish a lot in my life. And the less yeah. I have to try to keep in my brain also – the less I hurt people's feelings, the less I, yeah, double book or miss appointment. Like I'm just going to be more successful and get more done. So one day I'd like to really have an assistant to handle all of this. Yeah. Okay. You know what's funny though, Julie, I love that you brought that up. So I took forever and maybe a year ago I got help with an assistant Mm -hmm. and I have to tell you, then I find myself not necessarily always reminding her that I need to change my schedule. Uh, or, I mean, we have an appointment later today by assistant Naomi. She's wonderful. And I know it's funny. I'm pausing and hesitating because I realized last night that I had not responded to an email that had a lot of things. And one of the things is about podcast recording I'm doing with somebody else in a couple of hours that I I know I needed to get her a different link and I haven't done it. And here we are. It's the morning of. And so I have, I have to accept that that is something I needed to probably have done sooner. So even when we get the assistant, I think this is part of the stuff I love about uh, seeing people as a therapist where it'll be better. It'll be a better win. Like it'll be better if I can get an assistant. Well, it will. Or if I haven't really done the work I need to do, I'll continue this pattern with my assistant. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just kind of right. That's kind of fascinating. So I've always thought because even then I keep putting off things I need to get to my assistant or I realized that it took me a little while to even have her have access to my schedule because I didn't almost want her to see the chaos at times. It's so funny, but in my mind, it was always, if I get an assistant, it'll, it'll all just go smooth. So, but it's the start, which is the good thing. Yeah. So, But putting into place systems, is that <sighs> pretty helpful? It, yeah. 
Yeah, and even if as I'm like sighing and going, yeah, Julie, it is. That that's one of those things where it will help. It will absolutely help. And on one of our earlier episodes, and I still have not found it, but there's, there's a book called Driven to Distraction that is a wonderful book about ADHD. And this is funny too, because I know I will butcher this, but there was a, it was talking about systems or structure. And, and they gave an analogy of, I think, mercury in a thermometer, that if you break the thermometer, the mercury pulls and just goes in all these little directions, but you put it in the thermometer and then it's amazing. You know, it can tell the temperature. And so it's like when you have that structure, this powerful thing can really be used for good. Uh, but then when it's like just left on its own, it just goes in all these different directions. And I think that I've always remembered that concept of when I can have structure, it really does help. But then I have to accept the fact that sometimes I will, my walkie talkies will be staticky and they'll miss something uh, and that's okay. The, which is part of, I think I can't wait till we're going to talk about rejection. And I know we only got another minute. So maybe this is like, I'm going to tease this as if we go back, I want to just talk briefly about what then medication looks like. Cause I think that'll be a fun um, conversation for a later day. Cause if we stay with the ADHD college metaphor, um, so we've already identified that the Dean of the school had the walkie talkies, they caused static and they would cause communication, miscommunication and mix-ups. So then if you look at ADHD medication and I'm not telling everybody that they need to run out and get medicated, but just from, from my experience, it was a really powerful thing because if you look at that ADHD medications, it's almost like you're investing in, you know, a new state of the art communication system for your college. So um, when the dean's team starts using the upgraded communication system, then the static clears up. So then messages maybe pass through a little more clearly so that can help people coordinate activities better. Now suddenly events are a little more organized, tasks are maybe managed a little more efficiently. So things start running a little bit smoother because then they can finally hear each other and they're on the same page. Because if you look at how ADHD medications work, then they balance out certain neurotransmitters, which is like our brain's messaging chemicals. And, and then that helps you enhance or clarify the internal communication. So before you might have this disconnect between wanting to start a task and actually doing it. Sometimes you can think of the medications as then uh, helping you bridge that gap or make those communication channels a little more clear. And then, but then that can take trial and error because there's stimulant medications and non-stimulant medications, and they all work a little differently. But, but that's the thing that I think is so fascinating about an ADHD medication. It doesn't take weeks to get in your system, but it can provide you in one of the books, ADHD 2.0, one of the authors says, I think he says it's one of the only drugs that when you find the right one or it works well, that your life can change within like 45 minutes. You know, you don't, you never knew what you didn't know because all of a sudden everything's clear. But then the thing that I think nobody talks about is that, so like same with this analogy, I can upgrade my communication system and then I can either communicate messages of upcoming events well, or I can, you know, tell hilarious jokes and everybody's going to hear them better. So you still have to have the right focus of what to do even I've had my medication kick in before and had the most glorious uh, hour of watching YouTube shorts ever, or I've also had it where then I've written three chapters on a book. This you know? is so helpful hearing that because I'm new to medication. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's been a clarity, but the behaviors are still there. They're just more yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That's right. That's funny, Julie. But because, when, and that's but right. I'm, why I, yeah. that's, I'm better at that too. So it's just interesting. And it just goes back to like medication as a resource and a tool. You still have to know how to use it. It's just like there, you still have to put in place tools and things that will be helpful. Yeah. And come back to, it's okay to be imperfect, right? Like there's just an element of not taking yeah. yourself too seriously. I think that is always helpful <laughs> in buffering life's challenges. 
Yeah. No, I love it. I love that part too. And because the medication is one of the things that I can still feel. I don't think I feel this way. I mean, very honest of that. I worry about that. Oh, I take medication every now and again. No, I think I really maybe have gotten to this place where it used to not, I don't even know. It's so funny to even try to articulate it. Cause I used to feel almost some intense guilt, a little bit of shame. What, you know, I am broken. I must take this. But now it's a, what a blessing to live at a time where there's a medication that can help. But I'm a big advocate, maybe as a therapist, that people, I like what you're saying, I still feel like you need the right tools and you need to be able to clarify your values and know what really matters to you to point you in the directions that then the medication will help you accomplish things even more. And if somebody says, I don't want to take medication, then awesome. Um, there's And there's even, we'll talk about this down the road, but there's a book by Daniel Amen, like this world-renowned person that does brain scans. His TED Talks are amazing. Um, it's called Understanding ADHD. And he goes into these seven or eight different subtypes of ADHD. And then he does give an entire uh, background on natural supplements that somebody can take, how sleep affects it, how exercise, every, hydration, everything that can, you know, so sometimes people want to rule that out before they jump right to medication, which I can understand that too. Cool. <sighs> Julie, that was fun. That was really fun. Should we do our love ADHD note to close out our episode? Oh, yeah. I forgot all about it. Do you have one? I can. Okay. Here. <laughs> See, this is, this is fun, right? Okay. <laughs> Maybe we'll decide <laughs> if this is a thing. Maybe give us feedback, listeners, how you feel about the love note at the end. Okay. Dear Tony... Your college is the funnest college of all time. Everybody wants to be in your college, except for the nerds, who we also love <laughs> and we don't yes, reject. We do. But sometimes we make fun of to make ourselves feel better. And that's okay. We're working on that too. In your college, you are creative and genius, and you use walkie-talkies, and that makes everybody happy and raises the morale and you can lean into that and notice the static and accept it. And you're just, you're figuring it out more and more how to make the walkie-talkies effective and fun so that you never want to leave. Love your friend, ADHD. Oh, Julie, that, I, I say we keep it. I like that. And I will tell you the feedback I got from one of the episodes already was that was the part that the person told me that they liked so much. So that was well done, Julie. Thank you. I know, right? Thank you. Yeah. Um, thank you. And go and uh, change the world today. I think uh, one of these days we're going to have to talk about all the fun things that you do. Uh, you're speaking everywhere. I think people should follow you on social media because it's fun to see like you're, yeah, for, I'm sitting here talking to you and we're having fun and ADHD and then I'll see. And today I spoke to like 3,000 people about, you know, this, the whatever. And you're up there on stage doing your thing. Very, very excited to work with you, Julie. This is fun. Thanks. Yeah. I love it. It's my favorite. All right. We'll see you guys next time for. Number two, things you didn't know you didn't know oh. about ADHD, right? That's next week. Yeah, but do we tease it or no? Are we just saying, nope, you'll find out next time. You'll find out next time. At yeah. this university where we have fun, we like surprises and confetti. That's right, we do. Yeah. Okay, see you later. Okay, thanks, Julie. Bye.